Welcome to the ASHP official podcast, your guide to issues related to medication use, public health, and the profession of pharmacy. Thanks for joining us in this episode of Research and Pharmacy Practice. This series focuses on discussions of all things related to research and implications for practice. This podcast engages pharmacy leaders to explore practice and safety implications of radiofrequency identification technology in the medication use system. This podcast is part of an ASHP Foundation project that was supported by Fresenius Cabe. I'm David Aguero, the Director of Medication Systems and Informatics at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm a member of the advisory panel for this foundation project, and I'm your host of the podcast for today. In today's episode, we'll be chatting with April Bittner, Manager, Inpatient Pharmacy Distribution Systems at University of Chicago Medicine, and Christopher Fortier, previously Chief Pharmacy Officer of Massachusetts General Hospital, about exploring RFID technology and medication safety, a discussion with pharmacy leaders. Welcome, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Thanks, David. So diving right in. Our first question is, what is your experience with utilizing RFID technology within the medication use process? And this question will go to Chris first. Great. Thanks, David. So just quickly, a little bit of background about Mass General. We're a thousand-bed academic medical center uh, located, obviously, in Boston, Massachusetts. And our sort of RFID journey started probably about eight years ago, first looking for a solution around our emergency code cart medications and efficiency with that. And so we initially purchased technology to be able to do that for you know, our hundreds of code carts that are across uh, both our inpatient and outpatient settings. Soon after that, maybe about a year later, we expanded into our operating room. We have about 100 OR suites and being a general hospital, have every type of case you can imagine and a variety of different trays for different cases. And so a lot, a ton of work, as you can imagine, in sort of switching out, going through what are in those trays. And so at that time, we also felt like we could really improve our efficiency, improve our safety, improve our oversight with expanding RFID technology into our OR trays. So again, we've been on the journey for probably about eight years and, and utilizing products in both of those areas. Well, you were certainly early adopters of the technology in the pharmacy space. We've really enjoyed watching your journey. April, what is your experience then with RFID technology? Sure, David. So a little bit of background about UCM. We are an 800-bed hospital, also an academic institution located in the south side of Chicago, being our main campus. And then we have a couple of branches outside across the Chicagoland area. I'd say we've been using RFID at UCM for about five to six years, primarily in the OR space during that time. But recently, actually, just in the last couple of weeks, I uh, moved into the co-trays, which has been pretty exciting. Actually, the system for the co-trays differs from that in the OR, so it's been fun to see the different ways that it can be used in different areas. But we've definitely expanded since, and we are looking to see what other ways we can benefit from. That's exciting. Let's move on to our second question. And April, this is for you first. What are your reactions to the ASHP Foundation report entitled Advancing Medication Safety Through Technology Innovations, focused on radio frequency identification technology? So I've only been with the institution for a couple of years. So my first exposure was in the OR. And to be honest, prior to being in that space and in this position, I was completely naive to RFID and its use in healthcare. So I'm still actively learning, but I do think in reading the report and comparing to what I've seen personally, it's pretty consistent and spot on to what we're working with right now. So where we're at right now, the use is definitely primarily through pharmacy and actually kind of a funny story. 
when I was on my stewardship rotation as a student a couple of years ago, I remember one of the residents telling me that, of course, aside from just good practice, you have to sanitize every time you enter and exit a patient's room because infection control is logging with your badges who is entering without sanitizing. And then as a student, you never question that. But at the time, I didn't realize that what we were talking about was RFID. And then I think about that and I read the report and the report has a really good chart uh, with the breakdown of stats where it's being used and where it's being considered for later. And I think it just kind of put into perspective a lot of the opportunities that we could consider in the future, a couple of which like we're not even on my radar at all in any capacity, like MDIs. So it's, it gets you thinking. That's really exciting. When we put together the report and when we collected the survey, we were really hoping for exactly what you just described, that we could push general knowledge RFID out to those who hadn't really considered additional ways they could use it. We're excited to hear that uh, that's getting put to use. And Chris, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, uh, similar to the earlier comments, I think that it was the really the first report that at least gave me a little bit of sense of who was using it, how are they using it, really across different institutions. So, you know, for instance, adoption rate being 40%. I didn't know if that number was 10% or 100%. So it was good to kind of get a sense of, of some of that just baseline information. I think the other thing that I really appreciated is I thought it was a very good tool for institutions who are either maybe looking to optimize RFID or just sort of starting out to say, hey, I'm interested in this. What are things that I need to consider literally from starting from scratch to, hey, I'm sort of further along, I'm getting ready for implementation. What do I need to be thinking about? It should be used as a very useful tool for those to kind of get a really good comprehensive sense of all the different components that go in. And then sort of, as we've talked about a little bit already, you know, how can we potentially expand? What are some of the other uses that we are maybe not fully considering at this point that could be a benefit from a safety perspective, from um, an efficiency perspective, from an ROI perspective? That response really resonates with me. When I when I think about RFID technology, it's it's one of the simpler technologies in nature, but its application and the way it's used is what really allows us to unlock its potential. I know that you all understand that very well, but as we begin to see it deployed more widely in pharmacy practice, I think that if the, the value that we can create with it is only going to grow. So I'm excited to hear about the, the innovative thoughts that are out there. So let's move on to our next question. Inventory tracking and revenue capture provide concrete ways to evaluate return on investment, but we all know that ultimately any technology implemented should also aim to enhance patient safety. What ways have you seen patient and or medication safety impacts within your organization? And this is for April 1st. Sure. So I'm sorry, David, I didn't actually come prepared with metrics, but I do know that it's been very helpful in the OR. I think prior to implementing years back, it was very much like a anesthesia walks up to the window and asks for what they want in pharmacy. And then pharmacy just gives it to them. And, you know, like hearing that out loud, it can't be safe at all. So it definitely helps solidify and standardize that process because now without question, we can, you know, efficiently like monitor the contents being dispensed, the expirations, recalled lot numbers, just a lot of things that you hate to believe could easily fall through the cracks with a high volume and sensitive space like the OR in a hospital. But at the end of the day, you look for ways to improve. And I think it absolutely was, you know, it helps with the patient safety. And then not just that, but then you consider the return on it. So it's it's helping with like inventory management, which means residually, it's also helping with things like drug shortages. So there's a lot of patient benefit, which I think always is the initial motive. I love that response. In fact, it, it jogged a memory that I've, I haven't thought of in so long. In 2014, being an OR pharmacist, 
And being in a similar situation to what you just described, that was actually the year we first implemented RFID where I was at the time. And used correctly, it can really help in those scenarios from inventory management and a, a safety and, and a compliance perspective, to, to add to your point. And so we'll turn to you, Chris. What are your thoughts on that question? Yeah, so many of these processes that we use RFID for, we really don't have a good look into getting really any data. I mean, if we do, it's very manual. It's nothing that we can sort of look at pretty quickly. So I think it gives us, it somewhat provides that electronic transaction that you can see things like, well, how much am I using or what am I using or what am I switching out or what am I not using much of? And so I think it just gives a whole new perspective. And as April said, metrics into how we could be more efficient, how we can better manage inventory. I also think the process of going through implementation of RFID does work to sort of improve safety, right? So you're trying to standardize trays or standardize your emergency code cards. I think in the report, it talked about, it gave an example of an institution that was a part of a system that they had just completely different ways of going about either trays or emergency code cards. I can't remember specifically. And so that's an opportunity to just to streamline, to be safer, to better manage your inventory. And I think the other piece too, for me, I'm very big on human factors, whether it be an IV compounding. Obviously, when you're spending all day long checking, refilling trays, you know, your eyes can go crossed. And so there is clearly human factors that play into this. There's tons of lookalike, soundalike products. I think we're able to somewhat manage the inventory that we're not picking from a huge shelf of a ton of different drugs when we fill these items. But in a lot of institutions, they may not have in this, for example, an OR pharmacy that's just dedicated. They may be literally pulling off products off of a shelf to, to stock these from their main inpatient pharmacy. So I think it can really improve those aspects just in kind of going through the implementation process, as well as then when you do implement, you have a better sense of Again, how you're utilizing it, where there's more opportunity for uh, efficiency and, and therefore return on investment. You know, I really appreciate the comment related to getting visibility into the process both before. And I, I think you learn new things as you implement RFID within a newer process. Were there any areas where you implemented this technology where you were surprised by what you could now see from a visibility perspective? Yeah, I mean, I, I always use the OR as the example. I mean, we try to do a good job when we bring in products, we add products to a certain tray, but are we, let's take a pre-filled syringe, for instance, are we utilizing, let's say a 5 ml syringe and every time the physician's giving 10 mLs? And so do we just need to put a 10 ml syringe in there? Or are there products we're just not using and going expired? And do we really need it in there? Do we need as much in there? I think the other thing it has helped us, all of us are dealing with drug shortages. Many of the drugs that are on shortage are these, you know, sort of archaic old drugs that we use in, in these settings. And so when we have to switch stuff or how much do we have or what do we need to get rid of, you know, we, we really have a little bit of a sense that we can target those medications to do, you know, whatever the situation requires us to do at that time. Thanks for sharing that. So let's move on to our next question. Anytime a technology is implemented, organizations should complete an FMEI. We often consider technology as a means to make processes safer. Before we talk more in depth about RFID, let's pause and briefly discuss for the audience what types of safety challenges cannot be expected to be fixed by available technologies. 
whether it's RFID, barcoding, et cetera. And this goes to Chris first. So David, just sort of as you said, right, with any new system, new implementation, there's always the potential to insert a process that you just didn't consider or could complicate things a little bit more. And I'm not just specifically talking about RFID. I think we all know um, in general, we need to consider all of those aspects and how do we really look at where there's gaps or where there's opportunity for error. And so by no means is this technology not prone to that. And so I think we need to think through again, what new potential opportunities could be entered for potential risk. Again, I go back to my earlier comments. I think there's a lot of human factors that we still need to consider here. So let's take medication tagging, right? We have to tag these products. Yes, we can get some you know, very few manufacturers provide RFID tagging at this time. There are some 503B companies that provide tagging depending on what products you purchase. But a lot of this could be very manual and there could be errors of just, again, sitting there and tagging stuff. You could tag the wrong product. And so, again, going back to the toolkit, I think there's a lot of great recommendations and things to consider. What is your process, for instance, in tagging? It's not just throwing out a bunch of tags like, how are you going to do that? So again, I think that there's those types of things that you can't just say, well, this is going to solve all my problems and not consider that. That really needs to be part of your implementation and ultimately part of the optimization process as well. Great comments. And you know, going back to the, the human factor engineering component, I've got an informaticist friend that has a phrase that I love called blueprints before build. You know, we've, to your point, we've got to go back to what is that problem that we're trying to solve? It just happens that RFID is an extremely flexible technology it's you know it's not that expensive to uh, to get a hold of and to implement and to optimize, but like any other technology, it can if it's not used appropriately, it can uh, a bad system can get, or can beat a good person every single time. And so, April, I'll turn that question to you. What are your thoughts? Yeah, you know, I mean, I I agree with Chris. You learn as you go, but I think with this, you just have to consider the challenges that come along with it. And realistically, that list can go on and on, but. I mean, you just have to work through those quirks and try to optimize it the best you can. That's helpful. I remember years ago when we were implementing kits in our OR space as well, and we had to ask ourselves, you know, really, is, is this a kit that belongs tracked in RFID technology uh, with that system, or is it best served as a virtual kit coming from our dispensing cabinets? And, you know, it really depends on the access to the dispensing cabinet that the CRNA or the OR nurse has, or the PACU nurse in, in this case. And it requires buy-in and a conversation from those that are impacted. Uh, that's, that's my own experience that I wanted to add to the conversation. So let's move on to our next question. What would increase the effectiveness of RFID technology to prevent medication errors within the medication use process? And April, this question goes to you first. Sure. So kind of circling back to the report and my previous comment about challenges, I remember the majority of respondents being pharmacy leaders on that report. So it was interesting to see like what kind of things that they were experiencing challenge-wise. And the majority responded, if I read it right, that compatibility with existing systems, costs, and I think technical support were the three primary factors that leaders were concerned about. But, you know, me coming from like a completely operational perspective, I feel somewhat differently. I personally think that the human resources and staffing needs far exceeds those on the priority list. I want to 
like stabilize my staffing and ensure proper training of that staff before even considering introducing a new technology. And then outside of that, you know, there are factors that you can't help. So as Chris mentioned, like drug shortages is always a hot discussion and that's definitely not going anywhere. I also think that with any new technology in a hospital, it can't just be like pharmacy on board. We have to, we are truly a healthcare system, but oftentimes we can feel divided and unaligned between departments. So considering that, even if we put something together, it won't work if not everyone's on board with the idea that like a great idea is just a great idea until you can figure out how to effectively operationalize it. And then, you know, in leadership, of course, you would like to think that you're getting the biggest bang for your buck. So you want the most competitive pricing, but then you worry about the return on your investment. So, I mean, I think all things considered, many of these, you learn to just manage at baseline. So they are real obstacles, certainly, but in the interest of good healthcare, you work around them. Thank you for sharing those thoughts. And I, I love the quote that an idea is just an idea until you operationalize it. I, I think it fits so well with this technology. So, Chris, I'll, uh, I'll turn that question to you. Yeah, thanks. I agree with April. I think, you know, as as institutions, there's a lot of competing priorities and getting into something like this, you need to make sure you're thinking about also what you need to be doing to maintain it, right? It's not just implementing it and cleaning your hands and 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 moving forward. You got to you got to maintain and you got to optimize and so do you have the team and the resources to do that? I think is very important. I think of course, I think both of us would say that RFID needs to be more widely adopted. I think, you know, again, we still rely on, let's take it from this perspective, a nurse having to scan something with a barcode scanner to, to enter it into the system. If we had RFID, a lot of that, again, human factor or not necessarily following the steps in the process or some better sort of endpoint confirmations with RFID could really help that. And, you know, as I said before, I do think from a medication error standpoint, really trying to standardize product, taking the human factor uh, a little bit less out of the process, really drug shortages, all of those you know things we talked about, um, I think can really help to prevent those errors. Clearly, we need manufacturers to be providing product with RFID. That would be ideal. You know, I think many of us probably remember when the FDA did mandate a barcode be put on products by by manufacturers, and that took a really long time to come into uh, you know fruition in the end. And and as many of you know, we don't really have a standardized barcode that every you know F FDA uh, you know approved manufacturer uses. And so, you know, how can we get the regulatory bodies to push more for this? Um, how do we get the price of the product reasonable to be able to make this make sense that everybody's going to do it? But again, we need standardization. We need the FDA to push those types of things. So uh, hopefully we can get to a point where everything is bar, um, everything is RFID and not just barcoded. And I think other technologies will be created and be able to be used based upon that. You know, I love the idea of being able to attach barcodes in a pre-manufactured scenario on unit of use products. I realize that Drug Supply Chain Security Act in its current iteration doesn't require that all unit of use products have a, uh, I mean, have a barcode attached directly for traceability purposes. I am really excited that some manufacturers are going that direction because in the scenario you just described, Chris, I mean, theoretically, 
something could come in the door pre-tagged at that point. It's not taking from an operations perspective at that point, it's not taking time from staff members. There's not a human component for them in terms of accidentally doing something incorrectly in the tagging and the encoding process. We've taken out the human factor component at that, at that point. And to your earlier um, comments about uh, some of these older medications, and many times in the OR space, we're using medications that have been in use longer than most of us have been in practice. And either there are workflows associated with them or the manufacturing lines may not have changed recently in a way that we can get a, a new form of visibility and also streamline workflows by bringing pre-tagged products in and getting them out into the automation. You know, less work on our staff, meaning more work that they can put towards patient care or more time, I should say, that they can put towards patient care. It's an exciting potential for the future. I realize it's not directly mandated right now, but gosh, just like you, I hope that we get there. All right, so let's move on to our last question. This has been a great discussion, but before we end, I have one final question that ties back to the ASHP Foundation report. What is the future and the end goal of RFID in the medication use process? You can feel free to ignore everything that I just said. Chris, this question is going to go to you first. Sure. So maybe I'll I'll paint a picture that maybe some people think is too broad, but I think we have to challenge ourselves and we have to think big to be able to to move forward and get things done. I mean, from my perspective, you know, I would love to see the day where RFID is on every medication product. You know, some of us have them on high cost drugs or in consignment program or whatever it may be. But how do we have a fully integrated RFID program that ultimately we could see where, how much all of our products are within our pharmacies, on the floors, hidden from some by some nurse for to be used later, whatever it may be, which I think can help us in so many different ways. It can help us from a safety perspective in terms of administering medications to patients. It can help us to prevent missing meds and, and really track better, much better track inventory and where things are. It can provide safety in our IV rooms in terms of preparing medication. So to get there, it's not going to be easy and there's going to be a lot more that needs to further be developed. I mean, just simply getting, you know, not using barcode scanners anymore and having sort of RFID technology uh, all around the hospital. You know, I use the example of sort of an Amazon, like, you know, convenience store that some of you may know, or there's sort of test stores out there where there's nobody that works in them. It's all RFID. You scan, uh, it knows how, what you picked up, what you walked out the door with. You use your Apple Pay or whatever it may be to, to pay as you leave. And that's how it happens. And so how could we do that in healthcare? And again, really improve efficiency, really improve inventory management, and ultimately uh, through that improve safety. And, you know, even if, and this is even farther reaching, but how do we even incorporate that with artificial intelligence that, you know, could say, hey, this, you know, how can an RFID product change within the process that, hey, this was a product that was going to Jane Smith, but it just got discontinued. And when you went to bring it to the patient, it would say this drug is no longer what the patient's on. So it'd be really cool to advance it even more from an artificial intelligence and real-time configuration um, into all of our electronic health systems uh, across the institution. So I'll stop there. So I'm really tempted to just say, yeah, and leave it at that. I want to add to your point that we need standards vendors to come to the table to help and ensure that when we have visibility 
into where these different products are, that there are, are standards around what is actually in that tag so that we can easily or easily pull it into analytic software and project future needs using machine learning and eventually AI. We need our big box health record vendors and other technology vendors to get engaged in the conversation as well, especially as it relates to those standards, because ultimately we're going to have to rely on them to help achieve that vision. And last, because I've got a boss pretty similar to Chris, I look forward to having that challenge in front of us in a way that we can achieve it, because RFID really can help create visibility and standards, or pardon me, visibility in a standard curated format in a way that we can apply machine learning and artificial intelligence to uh, to help us with inventory management and patient care. I'm really excited right now, if you can't tell. And so with that, April, what are your thoughts on that last question? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of on the same page, guys. I think the future is bright for RFID in healthcare and in pharmacy. I dare to say that its use right now is extremely superficial. So there is so much potential to be unraveled in areas that we haven't even explored yet. And I also think that the true challenges that hinder it from being successful in a hospital are not unreasonable feats to overcome. So, I mean, change and innovation is always hard, but that's growth. And it's our job as an ever-evolving field to keep an open mind and think outside the box so that we don't limit the potential. Um, and I'm excited to see where it moves from here. Thank you. Well, that's all the time we have today. I want to thank April and Chris for joining us today to discuss exploring RFID technology and medication safety, a discussion with pharmacy leaders. If you haven't before, I encourage you to read the ASHP Foundation report entitled Advancing Medication Safety Through Technology Innovations, Focus on Radio Frequency Identification Technology. In addition to podcasts, there are also two webinars that delve into the opportunities and challenges for current and future users of RFID technology and medication use systems available on ASHP eLearning. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe to the ASHP official podcast for more great content from ASHP. Thank you again. Thank you for listening to ASHP Official, the voice of pharmacists advancing healthcare. Be sure to visit ashp.org forward slash podcast to discover more great episodes, access show notes, and download the episode transcript. If you loved the episode and want to hear more, be sure to subscribe, rate, or leave a review. Join us next time on ASHP Official.